This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series show in which we look at all of the Arsenal transfer news specifically on the Arsenal transfer show episode 111 let's hope that it's not the nightmare number like it is for the Australians in cricket and that today is going to be the day in which Arsenal can get their first points on the board in the Premier League. There's lots of transfer news, lots of news in general, because one of the things I want to do with the show is obviously continue this into and throughout the season to bring you all the latest Arsenal news every single morning as well. Uh, a little bit more casual. There may be a couple of breaks within that because, I mean, we've been doing 111 shows in a row. So I think you can forgive me for taking a couple of breaks throughout the season, but we're still going to try and continue the show into the new season, keeping the 8am stuff and hype going with Arsenal's news. And we do kick off the show with some news. But before we do, please make sure you drop a like on today's video. Please do subscribe if you are new around here with those notifications turned on. I saw a comment on yesterday's phone in show that was said that this is the fairest Arsenal channel out there and thank you I pre- that's exactly the type of comment that we love to see different points of view taking it all into account and obviously questioning every single thread that we can so thank you for that very kind comment whoever you were let's kick on though with the news and we do start with some positive and negative news ahead of Arsenal's game against Chelsea first of all started with the news that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is in contention for today's game, despite obviously returning a positive test before the game against Brentford, meaning he and Lacazette and Willian and Runison were all ruled out. Aubameyang has since returned a negative test this week and has been back in training and was in full training yesterday. So fingers crossed he will take some part in today's game. Whether or not he can start, we will wait and see. Fingers crossed he is fit enough to start the game because we could really do with him up top. Really, really could do with having him as our central striker. We'll wait and see. However, the negative news is there is rumours circulating that Ben White has since returned a positive test and he will not be involved in the game today. We are still waiting for official confirmation on that from both a number of legit sources and, of course, the club themselves. But we're waiting to hear on official lines about Ben White's absence and why he supposedly left training 20 minutes after arriving yesterday. 
and uh, did not arrive with the team at uh, the, the the meeting place last night ahead of today's game. So that is not the best news, but hopefully Aubameyang is back, which probably means that holding will be coming in. Uh, I've got a prediction that maybe Arsenal will revert to that back three. I'm hoping that they will. I think that's what got us that win at Stamford Bridge and held us so resolute when we were in West London, and I would like to see us try that. I like the idea also of seeing Tierney play left centre-back and Nuno Tavares playing slightly ahead of him as a left wing-back, meaning that Bakayo Saka can remain as part of the front three. I'm excited to see what team is selected today by Mikel Arteta and I'm excited to see how Arsenal get on. And so we are hoping anyway that we can get something from this game. But let's go into the main transfer news of the day. And we start off with the programme notes from <laughs> from the Cronkies on the day of the Cronky protest outside the Emirates, of which I'm going to be there. I'm going to be speaking to some fans of Football London. So if you are attending the protest today. Make sure you come and say hi. Um, but the Cronkies have said in the programme note saying, we are building a squad rich in young talents. Much of it developed through our wonderful academy. It is clear looking across Europe that we are dealing with a difficult transfer market due to the impacts of the pandemic. They do go on to talk about how good it was to get in the likes of Ben White, Nuno Tavares and Sambi Conga. At the time of writing this, we had not yet signed Ramsdale and Martin Odegaard. They had not been confirmed when these guys wrote this piece in the uh, match day program, it seems that they're looking to to to, to spend um, the club's money. I should, you know, make sure that's clear. They haven't spent anything. Um, that they're building this squad using the club's funds. There's refinancing of loans that have gone on, but that's not money that's come in from the Cronkies. Um, we are yet to see a penny invested specifically from them. Um, this is just what they're talking about, and it doesn't really give you any kind of, you know, it doesn't give you any hope of, of possible investment in the future. Um, Josh Cronkey, of course, in the fan forum said they wanted to, they had big plans to invest, but still we are yet to see it. Speaking of possible outs though, one player that will not be leaving is Mohamed Elneny. He is very much in Mikel Arteta's plans. Links with Besiktas may have been there in regards to interest, but his future remains very much at Arsenal for the foreseeable of the next year. He has one year left on his deal. Whether or not a new contract is signed, we will wait and see. But his agent was speaking recently and said that there is intention to sign a new contract with Arsenal would take him into his 30s. Very much a utility man. Seems very much happy to just be here. I'm not sure how I feel about players that are just happy to be somewhere rather than fighting for a starting place. But he does a job when in need and, you know, it's it's a body at the end of the day. Um, and sometimes clubs do need bodies, uh, unfortunately, and he may just be one of them. Uh, but Lucas Torreira, interestingly, new club linked with a move for Lucas Torreira. He was being touted with a possible move to Italy, Roma, Lazio, for instance. But Frankfurt in the Bundesliga have now emerged as a possible destination for Lucas Torreira. The German club, I believe, uh, just ever so slightly missed out on Champions League football last season. I am going to do an on-the-fly check uh, last season. I'm pretty sure, was it Glasner that was the uh, coach last season? And uh, unfortunately, that meant that they missed out. Yes, so Glasner was Wolfsburg's coach, and then he's gone to Frankfurt this season. I'm pretty sure that's what's happened. It may be the other way around. My Bundesliga knowledge isn't up there with my Arsenal knowledge. Um, but he, obviously, Frankfurt playing in the Europa League this season, they will obviously be, have a, a lot of players in need. They've got the likes of Palacios in midfield, etc. So, is it? No, it's not Palacios, sorry. It's um, it's gone out of my head. I'm thinking of the Vial Leverkusen guy. But Lucas Torreira could be part of that Frankfurt midfield going forwards. And if he is, hopefully, we get a very decent price for Lucas Torreira. 
it may even be alone. It's been touted that alone is very much possible, um, and which would be a shame, I think, because if if we are going to move him on, he's clearly got no future at Arsenal under Mikel Arteta anyway. So any kind of permanent fee would be good to invest a little bit later on in the club. Um, moving on to our next story in Sad Kalasinac, who's moved to Fenerbahce or Fenerbahce, as uh, Hugh Wizzy likes to say, um, that this looks to be a, a real possibility that Kalasinac could be moving off to them. Uh, supposedly, a even a minimal fee could be being gained by Arsenal. It's not a case of a termination of his contract, which is positive. That's good. Um, that Arsenal could even get a certain figure of money. But the biggest thing about this deal is Arsenal removing his £100,000 per week wages. That That is a big, big thing for Arsenal because they are a big strain on the club's finances. That's £5 million a year. And avoiding that and getting a very small fee, I think, is a really good bit of business. And you know, eventually, we've managed to get this done. And so that's certainly a positive for the club. Now, moving on to the possible ins, one player that has, of course, now moved on from Sassuolo after interest from Arsenal was Locatelli. Now, the Sassuolo president or CEO has been speaking uh, about kind of this deal and the fact he confirmed that Arsenal had a 40 million euro bid rejected not by Sassuolo, but by Locatelli himself. We kind of knew this already. And he came out and was speaking basically in terms of it didn't matter what Arsenal paid. He was never going to choose Arsenal. He was going to go to the Juventus. And I think this is a, of a microcosm of this window, is that Arsenal have wanted to go in for certain players and they're just not wanting to come. Like We talk about how well Man United done by bringing in the, bringing in the Varans of this world. The Varans of this world were never going to go to Arsenal when there are Champions League clubs out there. And that's why it's so key for us to get back into that Champions League. It might take a bit of time, but we need to be building towards that. And that's why yesterday's debate on the phone-in was so interesting. But the fact that we actually bid €40 million Euros for a central midfielder, for me, it does have a knock-on effect in certain things that we are going to be talking about in a second. One of those is the fact that there is still interest in Marco Asensio, of all people, from Real Madrid, an attacking midfielder that can play in wide areas, a wide playmaker, if you will. I don't get this link at all. We've signed Martin Odegaard. We have Smith-Rowe, Saka, Pepe, Martinelli, Aubameyang can all play in wide areas. It doesn't make much sense for me to, to spend another 30-plus million quid on a 25-year-old attacking midfielder. We've got we've got players in that position. If we've got the money, it's there. Why on earth are we not going for Eve Basuma? Eve Basuma had a great game yesterday for Brighton. Great 2-0 win. I think he assisted uh, Neil Mopay's goal as well. I certainly got the points on, on fantasy football for it. Um, but it just frustrates me that there was a 40 million euro bid put in for Locatelli. Arsenal are still being linked with big moves to other areas of the pitch, which is necessary, of course, like right back. And we'll talk about that in a second. But Eve Basuma, there is 10 days left of the window, I think, around that. There is time for them to recognise that we still need to add that quality midfielder. We talked about it on the phone-in show yesterday. We talked about the fact that this is an opportunity this summer for Arsenal to go and improve two key areas of the team, one being right back, one being centre midfield. Just because we have signed Granite Jacker up to that new contract does not mean that we cannot still add depth. So what that he signed a new deal? That doesn't mean that he is destined to play that starting role forever. And if there's a chance to upgrade on that position still, that's fine. Jacker will have to fight for his place and not be so comfortable with his position. And so we should 100% be looking at investing in Basuma. They talk about wanting young players. 
He's 24. And that is still very young for a midfielder. And he's got plenty of years ahead of him to improve and get better. And that's it. Wilson, why am I so obsessed with Basuma? It's an obs- is it an obsession? I feel like I haven't talked about Basuma for a long, long time, to be honest. But the fact of the matter is, is that he improves the midfield. He's exactly what we want. He has all the characteristics that we need. And more importantly, Wilson, is he is an upgrade upon what we already have, which must be the minimum expectation when looking into a transfer window. Upgrading on certain positions. We upgraded our backup left-back. We upgraded our backup keeper. We upgraded our backup central midfielder with Sambi Lukonga. We've upgraded in the centre-back area with Ben White. And we've upgraded in terms of the depth and the quality in attacking midfield with Martin Odegaard. We now need to upgrade the starting eleven, which was always and always should have been the priority at the beginning of the window. But we could have been doing our backup market stuff now like we could have been sorting out your Tavares of this world now in the last final weeks of the window not sorting out players that we desperately need to have in and starting with 10 days to go and that's the failure of this and Manoj I know that people bring up the African Cup of Nations I mean I don't know how involved Basuma is going to be he's not played for Mali since what 2018 so and that's three games, one month, should not affect a four- to five-year contract. And thinking about that, and of course, there'll be other African Cup of Nations. But the point of the matter is, is that at the moment, we've now got Xhaka, we've got Lukonga, we've got players there, Aziz, Maitland-Niles. That's enough cover. Bring him in. It's not. There's nothing about the African Cup of Nations for me that stops this deal because we've kept Xhaka. He's still here. It doesn't matter. So why are we not pushing? I like to think I stay quite calm, but I really, really genuinely do not understand this not happening. It really, really bugs me. (laughs) It really bugs me that we've not done what we've needed to do in central midfield. And that's on Edu and that's on Arteta for not getting this done. And if it isn't done, it's because we didn't push enough. And you can say that we needed to move players out first. Well, we've got an ownership that's been protested against about today. If we'd have had a bit more investment, maybe we could have done. But we still do need to move players out. We're going to be moving Kolasinac out. Hopefully, Lucas Torreira is going to go as well. It's just, it's very frustrating. The right-back area is also something. And a little bit later on this morning, make sure you tune in. I will be doing one of the final tactical breakdowns of the summer window, looking specifically at Kieran Trippier, making statistical comparisons between himself, Bellerin, Max Aarons, and Emerson. So that'll be coming out a little bit later today. I'll be joined by John Driscoll, host of La Liga Weekly, uh, and of course, uh, the writer of the 50 most influential players in history, um, which included Meza Ozil, believe it or not. Uh, John will be joining us to have a talk through Kieran Trippier with myself, going through the stats with him and talking about all of that. So make sure you hit that like button, make sure you hit that subscription button, and more importantly, hit the notification bell so you know when it's going to go live. It's probably going to go out around 10.30-ish this morning. So only in a couple of hours' time. So make sure you are prepped for that and ready. Finally, of course, we are playing Chelsea today, and that means there is usually a Raw Reaction show. Now, I am working this afternoon. I am doing the game for Football London, working from 2 till 10. And so that reason, for that reason, we will be doing our show uh, late tonight, uh, well after the game's completed. So if you're hoping to tune in straight after the game, apologies Uh, You won't be able to see me doing that. And that is going to be the case for quite a few games this season. Nearly all of them, because I am obviously working as an Arsenal writer now. So I am working most of these games. I can only apologise for that, but it needs must. And priorities, of course, is my work. So the show will be out later. I'm assuming it'll be late tonight. This is not a promise. I'm hoping that I can do it late tonight when my shift is over. But it may be tomorrow morning. We will wait and 
see. But that completes today's news. Plenty of it, plenty to discuss, plenty to panic and worry about ahead of the game against Chelsea. And now we move on to the second half of today's show, which is where you have any questions. You can throw them into the chat box and we will try and go and through as many of them as feasibly possible. So please do throw them into the chat and I'll try and answer as many as I can for you guys. Let's go for John P, who says, Hi, Tom. First time catching the show live this year. Great work. Thanks, John, and welcome. Why do you consider the spending this year as not investment? Borrowing money is cheaper than spending your own due to interest rates. Look, John, from the way that you're talking, clearly you know a lot more about financial investment than me. I talk about it as not investment because we've not seen any money go directly from the ownership into the club in terms of transfers. That's what I talk about investment. I understand in part at a very basic level that it is better to refinance a loan and for the payments to be spread out over a longer period of time or whatever. I get that. But if the difference for me, John, is us doing this refinancing of the loan, we spend the club's money on these players and the difference between getting, or say the difference between the window stopping with what we have right now and bringing in an upgrade at right back and an upgrade at centre midfield that would push us towards hopefully achieving our targets. And if we were able to do that with investment, if the investment's the difference between those two things, that's what I feel a genuinely committed owner to improving the team would change, that they would invest in those moments to, to go the extra distance to improve this team to what it needs to be for the season ahead. That's, for me, the criticisms that I have, John. Uh, Wes says, uh, would you rather sell Lacazette and sign Dominic Calvert-Lewin or sign Basuma? I would rather keep Lacazette and sign Basuma rather than sell Lacazette and get Calvert-Lewin and not sign Basuma. So yeah, I'd rather get in Basuma, Wes, because I look at centre midfield as a more important area to improve in our team than striker. Dirk says, is Basuma a legitimate possibility? Would you rather him? It's a possibility as long as Arsenal had the money, Dirks. If Arsenal had the money, which we assume to know that they could have, they put in that 40 million euro bid for Locatelli. They were only expecting to get around 20 million euros for Xhaka, if at all, if they sold him. And so you know that money's still there and available to use. And so that for that, and they were already looking at bringing in Ramsdale. They wanted Ramsdale. They wanted Erdogan. They was already going to do that. So it's not like that money was then spent elsewhere. Pesuma is a possibility as long as Arsenal have the window open and they have the money to spend. Would I rather him over a right back? No, right back for me is the most crucial position in the window going forwards for the rest of this for me now. Right back, I've looked at as such a tactically weak position for us that we are so lopsided to the left and that Pepe is so underhelped you know what I mean. It's just not helped by the fact that our right-backs do not have the capacity to overlap as much, to play him in, to force him more inside, that because our right-backs are so lazy, is lazy the right word, lackadaisical, they don't get up the field enough, they don't push to the byline enough, that Pepe is so forced far out wide that he can't have that much of an impact on the game. I want to play him more inside, and he would be forced to do that if our right-backs overlapped a lot more. And we'll be talking a lot about this when we cover Kieran Trippier later on this morning. Social DRG says, if we generate a certain amount of cash per season and it doesn't get spent on transfers, where does that money go? Because we don't see double spending the next window. I don't know where it goes social. It goes into the club. It goes into wages. It goes into just spending. Um, but we have spent more than we have made over the last few seasons a lot more. Like we've spent nearly over the last 10 years, half a billion more than we've made. So it's 
it's not like we're we're saving. <laughs> it's not like we're saving whatsoever. Uh, Ian says, hi, Tom. Your opinion on media coverage of AFC currently, Keo, Merson, Carragher, two-plus pages in the mail, just destroying Arsenal. In my opinion, it's lazy, unreasonable, and unbalanced. And there is a bandwagon being jumped on right now. Look, hey, I am critical a lot of opinions that don't seem to come from any other place than just it being fashionable to bash Arsenal. I thought the Merson's comments um, the other day just seemed like they were just bashing Arsenal without really genuinely looking at it. I feel like the comments about the window are coming without context. I don't rate the window beyond, say, a 6.5 or 7 out of 10. But I understand why Arsenal are spending this amount of money on the players that they're spending. So when they talk about, you know, They've spent 130 million and they've not improved the team. One, that's a lie because we have improved the squad. We have improved the squad with 130 plus million spent because we've done business in areas that we needed to. We needed a backup left back. We needed a backup keeper. We needed to add depth into the central part of the midfield. We did need to improve the centre back area and we did need to improve the attacking midfield area. And we've done all those things. The problem is, is we haven't improved the two other key areas of the team that needed a buff, which is a central midfield in a starting capacity and right back in a starting capacity we are yet to do those two things but we had to spend the money that we've spent on those players because we needed to improve those specific areas of the squad it's just not gone enough to push me over a seven because we've not got the center mid not got the right back and we've not sold well enough this window that's where i'm at and it frustrates me that there is such a short-sighted view of arsenal's transfer window by people who are getting a lot more exposure in the media and have therefore an influence on opinions out there in the wider world. Michelle, thank you so much for coming. A member, mate, really do appreciate that um, and the support that you're showing to the channel. Really do, mate. Tim says, are we talking about Basuma because new links have emerged because he had another good game? Great show. We're talking about Basuma, Tim, because there's time left in the window and because Arsenal have been confirmed to have easily offered 40 million euros for Manuel Locatelli previously while still having the plan and the ideas to go for your Ramsdales and the Odegaards of this world. If the money is there, if the gap is there in the squad, there is time for Arsenal to go for Basuma and they should go for Basuma. And they absolutely, and that's the one thing when we discussed with Rohit yesterday, who had very differing views to myself and a lot of the others that were on the uh, on the show yesterday, but you put them across very well. One of the things he says was that Basuma should have been signed and I cannot disagree with that. Basuma absolutely should have been a target this window. Ben P says, do you think we haven't gone for Basuma due to the AFCON as we will be without him? Partey and El Nenny during those harsh times of fixtures and one injury to Jacarilla Conga could derail our season. I don't think so, Ben, because if you think about it, it's what, a three to four game period. You're talking about a lot of hypotheticals of Laconga or Xhaka getting injured. The fact that Xhaka is now staying, for me, covers that idea. Because originally it was Xhaka going to go and the argument was you don't bring in Basuma as a replacement for Xhaka because of the AFCON. Now, Xhaka's staying. So if that was the argument before, that can't be applied here because it doesn't make too much sense to, to discuss it in the same terms. If Xhaka was gone and we were replacing him with Basuma, then we may have something to talk about. But because Xhaka's staying, it doesn't make sense to bring it up as a, as a factor as to why we wouldn't do that deal. Um, let's go. Alison, well said, Tom, about the transfer of pundits' views. Thank you, Alison. Appreciate that. Ronit says, uh, after Xhaka signed the contract, we won't go after Basuma. It's not realistic. Steve Stone says, if we fail to upgrade sentiment and right back this window, do you feel it will be a false economy uh, as we will then miss out on the Europe next season? False economy, I'm not sure about the terminology, Steve. I think that 
it would be a, I think it's a failed window if we don't improve those two positions of the of the field this this summer because if you think about it if we do achieve European football next season then that's we've got more games and it's going to be harder for us to get into the top four this season whilst it was unlikely top four to be in a, a target it is more likely for me this summer or this season that we don't have European football to try you know fight for that place to get to that top four spot it was more likely when we didn't have the commitments in Europe to achieve a top four place. And so to not improve the starting eleven as much as we needed to is a failure. It is a failure for me. So it's a big L as, as I've been I keep watching videos of people called a big L. So we're gonna we're gonna transition our terminology. It's a big L for Edu. He can hold that L, is what he can do. Luke says, Does it frustrate you when it seems the pundits always seem to put Arsenal down? It does me. It seems like we have to play prime Barca to get praise from them. Look, at the end of the day, Arsenal were held to such high acclaim during the playing days of most of those pundits. To see the club where it is now is obviously much, much lower. It's also is it's fashionable as well to kind of jump on a bit of a bandwagon against Arsenal because you know you're going to rile the fans. We're a very reactionary fan base. Let's not beat around the bush. We know that we're a sensitive bunch. We know we react to things. So I do a raw reaction show. It's literally the names in the title. Um, and so those things that I said are going to, are going to get a reaction, and they have done. But I am frustrated at times when some of the comments lack context, lack thinking, lack deeper thought. That's what frustrates me is that sometimes words are kind of just spewed out without any kind of thinking behind them just because it's known that a reaction will be got. And it's true. I, it does frustrate but at the same time, I have a level of understanding and maturity about it. Uh, no Sleep says, how about Basuma as a replacement for El Nenny? He's wanted by Besiktas. That way we don't have any players going to the African Cup of Nation numbers-wise. If we could replace El Nenny with Basuma, obviously, dream scenario. Manu says, everybody talking smack about El Nenny until he does a Park-esque masterclass against Jorginho um, Pirlo tonight. Park-esque? I don't know who that is. Um... I just when you says Park, I think of Jason Park, who was just the most underrated Manchester United player of all time, arguably. Um, but maybe El Nenny does um, a, a Partey esque performance. That is that is what we would much appreciate, Manu. Uh, you said what says I like Basuma, but I would go for him. Uh, I would go for him unless El Nenny leaves, which I am. I rather like him as well and get another centre mid in. We have too many African Cup of Nations players in the midfield. We will sh- we will be short if something happens. Look, I, again, I bring this up. Xhaka's staying. Xhaka was never meant to stay. Like we never thought Xhaka was staying, and so that for me anyway is uh, is a big tell to say that getting Basuma in is a bonus. On top of that, it's a bonus because we thought we were going to replace Xhaka with someone. So if we get in a centre mid. That's a difference. That adds. It doesn't replace. So, you yeah, know. Uh, let's go to Jasho. He says, morning, Tom. I don't rate Elneny, but did you realise he did start in all of our league wins against top four teams last season? Jasho, no, I didn't know that. And I think that comes down to the fact that we played a much more different style against those top four teams. One of the things, and whilst we've got a lot of criticisms of Arteta, one of the things you can't criticise is that our results against the top six sides have definitely improved. And especially away from home, the way we compete in those games has definitely improved. Win against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge in the league. When have we beaten Chelsea in the league 
at Stamford Bridge. The last time I remember is when Van Persie scored a hat-trick in the 5-3 win. I remember that day because it was my first time at the Emirates Stadium, believe it or not. That's how young I am. Um, but in terms of uh, wins away from home, Manchester United at Old Trafford, that was the first win since, I think, 2015 when we beat Manchester City. Like, that has improved and it's the style that we go for. So I'm hoping that we've got a, bit, a little bit of tiny hope today against Chelsea, knowing that we've done it before knowing that we've beaten them twice in the league last season. And we've just got our fingers crossed, hope that we play like we did at the Emirates last season. And we we can just, you know, get one over them. But Lukaku being there, Tuchel being their coach now, it's a different beast. It's an absolutely different beast, quite literally. It's just Lukaku is such a top quality, intelligent striker that just knows football, knows how to bring players into the game, knows how to unlock players like Timo Werner. And the expectation, he will revel in. He will not buckle. <laughs> Lukaku, he's straight on my fantasy team because he just is, I just feel like the perfect Premier League striker. He is the return of Didier Drogba, as Didier Drogba said uh, himself. And it does seem to be that same striker type that they've now got and I worry about Chelsea's dominance moving forwards with Lukaku as their striker because that is just, you know, it's it's a worry. It's a big, big worry. Uh, Andy, yes, I would play a back three today. James says, hey, Tom, can we get to your starting 11 for today? Are you confident that we can get a result? My, I did my your pick this one. I feel like I'm at a disadvantage in the your pick team race from Arsenal Review because I'm just telling everyone my lineup every week. But I will tell you, I went with Leno. I went for a back three of Chambers, Holding uh, and Tierney. I went for Holding over Marie because Holding's done quite well in these games before. Um, like you think of the FA Cup finals, you think of him playing against Chelsea and these big sides. He's just good when we're kind of back against the wall at times. And so I, I put Holding in over Marie. Tierney at left centre-back because I want to see uh, Nuno Tavares play at left wing-back. I want to see... Now I put... What did I put a right wing back? I think I put Ainsley Maitland-Niles a right wing back, but I would be fine with Cedric, either of those two. We're, we're pretty lackluster in options, to be honest. Lukonga and Xhaka in centre midfield, and then a front three of Smith-Rowe, Aubameyang, and Saka. Um, I, I did bench Pepe, believe it or not. I just think, unless we've got a right back that's really going to help Pepe out, I don't. Uh, Pepe's going to struggle. He really needs a quality right back to help him, and Saka doesn't. And I feel like Saka on the break and defensively gives us more on the right-hand side to cover, say, someone pushing forwards. So there's that element of it as well. That's the team. 3-4-3. Three, three. I start Aubameyang. Very risky, I know. If not, probably Martinelli. But uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm going for. No Andy, no Ben White, because he's probably not going to play, mate, um, from the sounds of things. Rumours are that he's not available, unfortunately. Uh, Vishal says, I hear you, mate. That's a legit concern. But we have Xhaka and Lukonga as starters. I think we may have Partey as well. He did opt out of playing for Ghana once. Maybe he'll do I don't think he will. I think Partey will go off to the AFCON. That is, that is for sure. Uh, Dan says, Tom, are you forgetting how good Pepe was with Cedric behind him? I'm not forgetting it. I just don't necessarily think Cedric's going to play. And I haven't picked Cedric in my team, Dan. You have to remember that as well. I've put Maitland-Niles there. So I've put Saka in as my preferred team. I don't know if that's what we're going to do, but we'll wait and see. Um, let's go with no sleeper says it will be interesting to see if we've learned our lessons from pre-season game against Chelsea. Vishal says, Tom, do you reckon Basuma plays better in a two-man 4-2-3-1 or a three-man 4-3-3 midfield? I think he can play in either. 
Um, but he does like to be a little bit more expressive. So if you are going to play him in a 4-3-3, maybe you wouldn't play him as a six. Maybe you would go for the 4-2-3-1 to give him that person next to him. But I still think he can play as a lone six. Maybe you would tell him to be uh, slightly different. Asmorom says, Tom, why do you think all teams like Brighton, Villa, Everton and Spurs are improving without spending much compared to Arsenal, but Arsenal keep regressing even though we have top players? Asmorom, I think it should be fairly obvious that there is one person there that I would say is, you know, in charge of the coaching, in charge of the system, in charge of the way that we're playing. And that's the only real person that you can point at. Uh, OG says, Basuma or Gimaraes? I love Gimaraes, but I would choose Basuma, I think, now, based on Premier League experience. I think I would probably lean back towards Basuma. I know I've gone between the two this summer. I just don't know what it is. I'm just getting getting the feels <laughs> regarding Basuma. So I think probably lean more towards Basuma now. But I love Gimaraes as well. Any of them, either of them, I'd be absolutely buzzing with. I don't think the Gimaraes stuff was that genuine. I said it at the start. I said it was too easy. I said it was too easy of a link to make at the time. It does seem to be that is the case. We never saw anything about an official bid. We never saw anything from our legit sources about talks. It came from Brazil. It was very, very, it wasn't very legit, the Gimaraish links. I don't think there was too much genuine. I, I don't think it was genuine. And I said that at the start. So I'll double down on it. Uh, Tim says, uh, on the pandemic, how many players do you think need to test positive before a game gets postponed this season? Four wasn't enough for us. Interesting to see how other teams. Well, yeah, they've set a benchmark now. Four players is not enough. You need more. You need a significant part of your squad, it seems. You need a bit of an outbreak, it seems to actually have a game postponed. I'm, am I surprised they didn't postpone it? No, absolutely not. I'm not surprised that they didn't postpone it whatsoever. So, yeah. Uh, Amruf says, do you think Arsenal are taking Basuma signing for granted and keeping it for deadline day? Uh, I don't think they're taking it for granted. I just don't think they're not doing it. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, Ian Morgan says, love El Nenny, especially after he took on Man United on his own in the 90th minute. I, yeah, that was a great video. Uh, insane energy, just not quite enough quality. And that's the thing is that I have a lot of respect for El Nenny and, and what he's done, but he's just not good enough. I wouldn't ever, I wouldn't say a bad word about El Nenny in regards to kind of his mentality. I just don't think that he's good enough. I just don't think he's got the quality. Um, Jay says, Tom, who is the club's money? It's, is it stat, uh, It stands. When you say that he's not investing, that's incorrect. What your argument should be is that you want more investment. No, it's not true. Stan's not made that money. He owns the club. He's a passive owner. It's not his money. Like, I mean, let me let me rephrase that. It doesn't make technically it doesn't make sense because he is the hundred percent owner. It's not investment. An investment is when the owner of something puts his own money from an exterior fund from something else into whatever it is. One of the things he owns, like. Um, let me try and think. If I buy, right? So if I buy a shop, let's say it's a football shop selling, you know, balls and shirts and whatever. If I put my own money into that shop so that we can purchase better quality products, better quality footballs, better quality shirts, I'm investing. If over a year I don't invest, I don't put any money into it, and the shop, say, makes a thousand pounds profit and I put £500 of that £1,000 that I've made into improving the shop, which is not a lot, but you know what I mean, I'm still not investing in the shop because it's not my money. It's the profit that's been made from the shop. So the club's money is its money. It's not Stan's money. 
He's not investing. He's using the the money is being used from what the club has already, or is but refinanced by a loan or whatever. But it's not an investment. It's not stands, but he's not investing because he's not putting his money from elsewhere into the club. That's not happening. So I'm sorry, Jay, but you're wrong there. I don't agree with you. Um, Lekonga Elneny partnership tonight, boys. Let's go. Arsenal legend says, Tom, when you said that we have improved the squad, it's the same team as last year. What well, team and squad are two different things. If you want to say you, we improved the starting eleven, then you would say that only very minimally. We, it has improved. Let's be real. Ben White's better than uh, Rob Holding. Uh, Erdogan's come in, who wasn't here at the start of last season. Um, but we've improved the squad. So to say that we've not improved the squad is a lie. We have improved the squad, um, but we haven't improved the starting eleven enough, in my opinion, to really, you know, say that we've. But we, we've made a genuine impact, which is why when you see people going, oh, look how much money Arsenal spent, it's without context. It's, you know, it's it doesn't make sense. So that's that's the issue I have with that. OG says, Tom, where do you think we'd finish at the end of the season with the current midfield? Six to eight again. Six, six, between sixth and eighth is what I would say. I think that's a realistic uh, kind of width of, of positions. Adam says, hey, Tom, thank you for the great content. Thanks, mate. Do you think that we are not going for Basuma because Brighton are so hard to deal with? No, I don't think so. I think we're not going for him because I think Arteta is pretty content, it seems, with the midfield. He's content with keeping Xhaka. The club's content with that. I might be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And I hope that they do go for a midfielder, but it just does seem. And a lot of people are throwing Aziz. Is not... Aziz ain't ready, guys. He's showing a lot of promise. He looks like a great talent. He's a kid still. He's got a lot more development to do. Give him time in a, in a cup game. But what? I don't know why we do this. I don't know why we throw. Look at Balogun. I know he didn't get too many chances in that first game against Brentford, and I do not criticise his performance. But I think you could tell from his movement, from the way that he played, from the way that he really, you know, the touches that he took in that chance, which he arguably was fouled in the box, but it wasn't given, all of that. He's still a kid. No matter how good they look at under-23 level, going up to senior level from under-23s is a huge leap. It's a massive leap. And so to say that Aziz should be getting minutes in the Premier League, I just think is a little naive. I just think it's just not... To throw Aziz into the Premier League now would be a mistake. It would be a mistake. So I'd, I'd really gradually acclimatise him with League Cup games against senior sides. I would have arguably sent him on loan this season to a championship team. I think that would have been a really good thing for him. They've said that he's impressed in preseason, and that's why he's not going to go. But without European football, I don't know where we're going to get loads of minutes for him. If he doesn't play against West Brom in that game in the League Cup, then what's the point of keeping him? It's if he doesn't start in that, if he doesn't at least get a half against West Brom, I feel like we've wasted six months of his time. If not that, if he doesn't go alone for the second half of the season, again, I think we've wasted time. So it's we need to manage these kids because the, the hype around them and the way in which people just want to throw them into the first team, I just think it's naive and really it's without thought. It's without consideration of where we're at. It's without considering it's, – it's funny, isn't it? Because there is a complete contradiction between the want, the desperation, the need for us to get top four, to be a big team again, and also that Arteta apparently doesn't give kids a chance. How on earth do you balance those two things? How do you desperately get more kids, which, by the way, we've got Smithrow, we've got Saka, we've got a 21-year-old Tavares now in the team, we've got a 21-year-old Laconga playing, we've got a 23-year-old Ben White, 23-year-old Gabriel, we've got Smithrow, as already talked about, 
We've got Martinelli and Balogun playing in the first game of the season. 23-year-old Ramsdale coming in. Like, I don't I don't get this whole not giving kids a chance and yet still wanting to get us into the top four. How on earth are you supposed to do that when you've got Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United, Man City that have got basically one or two kids, if that, starting, and then the rest are senior professionals that have been playing at the top of the game for years? How on earth are we meant to do that? How do we get into the top four whilst trying to push all these kids into the team? It's not going to happen. It's abs- You're not going to get into the top six. You look at Leicester and their squad. How many young kids are in that Leicester team? Barely any. Barely any. West Ham's team last season that got into the top six had some really good players in. One of the most influential players in the second half of the season, Jesse Lingard. How old's Jesse Lingard? Well, he ain't a kid. <laughs> How old's Thomas Suchek? Not a kid. Declan Rice is young, but he's not a kid anymore. But it's really important that you we think about things contextually about what our expectations are and what you want to have set like what you want to have the team, what you want the team to look like. I don't want five 21 year olds in the team. I want a balanced team. That's why I'm really game for Kieran Trippier to coming into the right back position because it balances things. Like we sure I like Max Aarons. I like Emerson. I like those guys. But chucking another 23-whatever-year-old into the back line, is that really going to give us the balance that we need in the squad? I'm not sure that it is. So that when we go 1-0 down against these big teams, have those young guys got the know-how, the experience to galvanise the group and get us back? We got eighth last season because the experienced guys let us down. We got eighth last season because those kids dragged us through results in the second half of last season. Erdegaard, at the time, had only just turned 22. Still pushing us towards that with Smith Rowe, a 20-year-old at the time. And another thing, like we're desperate for Saliba. Saliba's still a kid as well. Like Saliba's just 20 years old. And I put a tweet out this morning, which was risky because I know that there's a kind of a bit of a cult following around Saliba. But uh, Ahmad Diallo at Manchester United, a young kid that was brought in from Atalanta, I think it was. He is desperate to go on loan to a Premier League club. A Premier League club. There's been offers from abroad. He doesn't want to go there. He wants to go to a Premier League club on loan because why? He wants to play in the Premier League. He wants to play for Manchester United and he wants to show them that he can do it at this level. And I question why Saliba pushed so hard to go to Marseille when there were interested parties in the Premier League. I question it. I really do. I question how the clubs handled him. They've treated him absolutely dreadfully. I'd never, ever say that they haven't. They have treated him poorly. They've treated him worse than arguably any other player in that squad. But I question I question why he didn't go to the Premier League. I really do. And maybe if Arteta's not here at the end of the season because we've got rid of him, we've got a new coach in, maybe Saliba stays. Maybe Saliba sees that situation as different. And I hope he succeeds. I'm desperate. I'm desperate, desperate, desperate for Saliba to succeed at Arsenal because there is a really, really big potential player in that kid. He's still got a lot of improvement to do. It was very clear during the Nice loan that he's got a lot more to change. But look, we can't be forcing 20-year-olds into every position in the team. We just can't do that. So, yeah, there you go. There's a nice rant <laughs> to end the show. Oh, dear me. There you go. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Please do drop a like 
on today's video uh, if you've enjoyed it. And even if you haven't, of course, I'll be back with you guys in about two hours' time to talk to you a lot more about Kieran Trippier with a tactical breakdown on him. I will then be back not till very late this evening to talk about Arsenal-Chelsea. I am working, for those that don't know, and we're working throughout most of the Arsenal games this season for Football London and for Reach. So therefore, I will only be doing the raw reactions most of the time anyway, not straight after the games. I'm pretty sure I can do the West Brom game straight after. So I don't think I'm working that one. But today, I'm in London. I'm at the Emirates interviewing fans at the protest. I want to get their thoughts and feelings for each and for Football London. We want to hear from why they're protesting. Why now? What are they saying? Why do you want to protest now? We've spent all this money. Why are you still protesting? I've got my answers to those questions, but I want their answers. So if you are at the Emirates, if you want to tell me why you're angry at the Cronkies, we're going to be there later talking to plenty of fans. And uh, I look forward to it. And uh, yeah, it's going to be nice to be around the ground on a match day and get that kind of atmosphere back into me. It's been too, too long for, since I've ever been there for, for that kind of match day vibe. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, see you later, guys. Have a fantastic day. See you in a bit, yeah, about two hours or so for the Trippier breakdown. But other than that, see you soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.